This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. What's up, everyone? This is Jim from the Bingetown TV podcast, and today I have a special bonus episode for you all. It's been a little over a month since Silo Season 1 ended, and we've had a lot of people asking us what to watch next. Everyone knows that feeling of uncertainty when you finish an awesome show and it's time to pick the next one. You want to pick that perfect show. Well, I'm here to announce our newest podcast series and feed titled, What Should I Watch Next? In this podcast series, members of the Bingetown TV podcast will get together and recommend shows that you guys need to watch. We'll recommend based on genres like fantasy, mystery, and sci-fi, topics like underappreciated shows, single season shows, and canceled shows still worth watching, streaming services like Netflix or Prime Originals, or we may just let you know what we're watching recently and recommend based on that. There's so much great TV out there, and we're here to help you find it. We also have something very exciting we want to announce for episode one. We want this pod to be interactive. So what does that mean? We want you all to recommend shows to us. We want you to send us voice messages or text messages if you're a little shy with your recommendations. And every week we're going to play them live on the pod. You want your voice and recommendation to be heard by hundreds of thousands of listeners around the world. All you have to do is join our discord, leave us a message, and we'll play it on the pod and comment on it. We want you guys to join the fun. The discord link is in the description. Today, we're going to be discussing sci-fi shows that you need to watch, which is perfect for anyone who needs their sci-fi fix after finishing up with Silo. If you think this pod interests you and if you want your recommendation played on our show, then please search What Should I Watch Next on any of your favorite podcast feeds and hit that subscribe button. We'll also leave the link to the podcast and the Discord in the description. All right, that's enough talking for me, guys. Enjoy part one, highlighting five sci-fi shows that you need to watch ASAP. Let's go. So let's get this real episode started. Today, we are going to do recommendations based on the sci-fi genre. Now, this is perfect for us. Town was born as a sci-fi and fantasy podcast. We originally were only going to cover sci-fi and fantasy, but then we decided, you know what? There's too much great TV out there. We have to cover it all. So we know sci-fi and fantasy. We love sci-fi and fantasy. We are the people that can help you out. If you just watch some great shows like Silo or any of the new shows that just released that are sci-fi and you're looking for your next one, we got you. So, Luke, Brian, which one of you guys wants to go first so we can get this party started? I guess I can go first. And kind of in our discussions, we each selected three shows that we wanted to recommend here. Um, I have an oldie but a goodie. I have a new one that probably everybody's heard of but might not have seen. And then I have one that's kind of on the back burner, had horrible marketing. So I would be surprised if either of you had seen it. And most people probably haven't heard of it. But I think I'm going to start with my oldie because I love it. I 
rewatched it after about 10 years. I forget when it originally aired, but it is the original Teen Titans cartoon from Cartoon okay. Network. This show is a banger, people. I just love all five of the characters, all five of the voice actors absolutely crushed it. Um, And back in the day when streaming wasn't a thing, we would have to go on TV, check the channel guide, see what was on. And whenever I saw Teen Titans, I would get so excited and I was would just settle in for the next 20 minutes. But being able to binge this just like straight 10 episodes at a time, just crush a season in a day has really given me a better appreciation for it. I cannot believe that a show this good was like wasted on us as children. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Honestly, I don't even know what else I want to say about it, but it's currently streaming on like HBO Max. I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. How many seasons? I believe it's five seasons, actually, like 10 episodes per season. Mm -hmm. So I actually just got done rewatching or watching for the first time the new DC movies that have been coming out through the 2010s and it's the DC AMU it's like the Universe 52 and the Teen mm-hmm. Titans come in about halfway through and they are some of my favorite ensemble casts like I think Raven is one of my favorite DC characters of all time and I oh, yeah. I totally agree with you Brian like Teen Titans was ahead of its time and even now you can go back and watch any episode and it's amazing so that's great recommendation totally agree with you there I know it's right up our alley because it was very much it it was kind of an American cartoon that had the feel of an anime that kind of had those like wacky faces to convey like some sort of like crazy emotion for them. They just had a lot of elements that I love from anime and just put it towards these Teen Titan characters. But it gave me like, it's giving me such a better appreciation for the character of Robin, who I always thought was a little bit cheesy and corny, yeah. but like. One, the character design for Robin and Teen Titans. Well, honestly, all five of them. I don't think there's a better character design out there for Cyborg, Raven, eh, Starfire kind of looks like a cheerleader. So I'll kind of sweep that one under the rug. But <laughs> Robin is just a straight badass. Uh, Slade is a great villain to Robin. It, it was just such a home run. And looking at the reviews, Rotten Tomato, it's sitting at 92%. IMDb, 7.9. Those are... Mm-hmm phenomenal ratings for anything animated so it just completely still holds up i would highly recommend anybody to go back and revisit it whether you've never seen it before or it's been 10 years since you've picked it up also one of the greatest theme songs of all time oh yeah is it only 10 years old um, could be pushing twenty years old at this point. Yeah, I, would I feel say, like I, would say push 20. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't. Just I mean, ten years. I don't know, but I remember watching in my teens, so that means it definitely has to be pushing twenty or at least fifteen. And nostalgia city. Just even thinking about it, I remember not necessarily like you said binging from beginning to end because back in the day you're just up. Oh, it's on Cartoon Network. There it is. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. But you can watch any single episode and be entertain and enjoy it and eventually you start to piece them together like back in the day really it was so hard to get everything from beginning to end dragon ball z was the worst with that just trying to make sure you're keeping up with every single episode in a row just so many episodes and they play at random times but yeah any episode i loved it and i I might have to re-binge just because you're saying that brian (laughs) great first pick all right so i'll go next here i'm gonna pick something that's come out recently as recently as july 21st of this year this is a movie it's called they cloned tyrone it's a netflix original r-rated movie two hours 12 minutes um 
I have no idea why they didn't market this movie because this movie is amazing. This is a star-studded cast. It's led by John Boyega and Jamie Foxx. And then, uh, forgive me for the pronunciation, Toyona Paris. So those are our three main characters. Um, yeah, like they did no marketing for this. The only reason I saw it was because it was on the homepage for Netflix. And then me and Alki just sat down and watched it. Just an incredibly written, incredible cast of just a, how I like to describe it is think of Black Mirror meets X-Files and the X-Files piece of it mm-hmm. is government conspiracy and Black Mirror just because the whole sci-fi theme, futuristic technology in a modern world. Incredible. And I'll say it right off the bat. I've only been exposed to John Boyega through his star wars movies which i'm not a big fan of and i don't he think he's is, a big fan of either yeah, he, he hates them too yeah yes. he's distanced himself his acting performance in this is amazing and then jamie fox plays a character called slick charles so you know he's like incredible he's yeah. hilarious too like the entire way through anything jamie fox puts out i'm always eating it up but oh, anyway yeah. this movie did no marketing so not a lot of people saw it but the chemistry is like a driving force of it and just how these characters play off each other in a world where they're just normal people getting thrown into this huge conspiracy about what the fuck is going on in this town about people dying and coming back to life and like what is happening like who is controlling everything like people don't know what's going on but it's both like i said incredibly well written and and funny like the humor in it is really really good john was the biggest standout for me because again i didn't have the biggest i wouldn't say i didn't have low expectations but i just i haven't seen him act like i didn't see him get a chance to really put up his uh best performance so without like spoiling anything specifically this is just like a black mirror concept about like it's called they cloned tyrone so that should give you a little bit of a spoiler without me talking about it but yeah i totally recommend this to everybody it's very new and very recent it's only two hours so you're not sitting down for a six season television show you can just sit back watch it the second half is a ride and again i'm just gonna rebump jamie fox is so funny like laugh out loud comedy funny this entire movie he's great he's like a pimp so he's like really really funny um but yeah so i definitely recommend all of benchtown to watch it and anybody listening what is his name in this slick charles that reminds me of uh wasn't his character in horrible bosses named uh motherfucker joe or something yeah. motherfucker yeah. jones yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh and uh just to add on to it the rotten tomato score 94 percent critics 100 percent audience so it was just go, universally man. loved i don't know why they didn't put some money into it like this came across my like twitter timeline as someone saying like yo like you don't need to market things and you don't need to reuse old ip just how like we're living in the age of just remakes and stuff you can get away with making creative stories if it's well written and the chemistry for your actors is there and that's the best way to describe this and i'm a huge black mirror fan so this just worked really well for me love that it's weird unless you're extraction with chris hemsworth or something (laughs) yeah netflix doesn't really give you that big bump with their advertising when it just comes to their original movies. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, they give the original TV shows the big advertising budget. But yeah, I, I never even heard of that movie. I, Literally, I never don't blame even heard you. Of it. Do not blame me. That's why we're here. I don't yeah, know. I'm exactly. Sure, I'm sure their algorithm makes them a lot of money, but I feel like they go all in on a lot of things that they should not go all in on at the expense of things that are really good and don't get the attention they deserve. So, Mm -hmm. and I have one on my list coming up that falls under that category as well, Luke. It's a shame to see too, but that's why we're here. That's the mission. Yep. Oh man, there are so many that are like (laughs) that. And we will get into this guys. Eventually we'll talk about shows that, that were canceled that are still worth watching and Netflix. 
They're one of the biggest culprits of this. Okay, so for my first pick, I'm going to be going with Apple TV Plus's Severance. I'm going to walk away from Netflix for just one second. So before I get into talking about the show, let me ask the listeners one question. If a procedure existed that made you forget your work life as soon as you left the office while having you forget about your personal life when you go back to work, would you do it? Would you separate your work life and personal life in a way that essentially makes you two different people? At first, I'm sure many listeners who haven't seen the show are like, hell yeah, that would be sweet. Well, that is the basic surface level premise of the show. And as the season goes on, it becomes quite the conundrum. Severance isn't just a sci-fi TV show. It's also a mystery thriller with only one season and nine episodes so far. So it's a quick and easy binge. Season two should be on the way very soon, but there have been some delays due to behind the scenes issues, as well as the current strike going on. But still, hopefully we should have season two soon enough. The show stars Adam Scott, and come on, you know we can't go wrong with Adam Scott. He's our main character, he's had the procedure, and his life is severed. He works for this huge and secretive company named Lumen, and you find out pretty quickly what's going on inside the walls is very sketchy. The atmosphere of the office is creepy as hell and mysterious. The workers and us, as viewers, never really know what work they're actually doing. And Lumen goes to major lengths to make sure your work self is totally isolated from your non-work self and life. This show really gives you a lot to think about and is so well written. The show essentially turns Adam Scott's character Mark into two separate characters because we do get to see him in both work and personal settings. The difference in the characters, meaning the differences in Mark, will definitely shock you at first and will add to how thought-provoking this show is. This show has a 97% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 86% audience score. So really, the critics loved it. The audience, I'm not really sure why. I'm actually surprised by this 86%. It may be because it's a little bit of a slow burn, but not really. I don't think it's that much of a slow burn. I think it comes off as one in the beginning, and it's also very thought-provoking. Um, and you do have to think a lot during it. There's a lot of theories that go into it. So maybe that's why uh, the audience was a little down, but 86% is still pretty damn good. All right, Luke, I know you love this show, so I want to pass it on to you. I do have a little bit more to say, but I want to hear what you have to say as well. A lot of these recommendations are going to come with this lens, but it is essentially a Black Mirror concept that is expanded into a season. It's really well thought out. But yes, it's a mind fuck. You get some vibes of Westworld in there, which. It's hard to describe without more spoilers, but it's just really well made. And you can just tell like the air of tension and creepiness that's there the entire time through the cinematography is a plus. So you're always on edge and it seems like a slow burn type of show, but it's really not. And this is going to be a show. I I think they have it written for like four or five seasons is the plan. And I love when a show has like the end game in mind when they start. So definitely recommend to everybody. You don't even have to love the sci-fi genre. This one, this is one of those shows that's so well written. It kind of transcends the genres definitely recommend to everyone it definitely uses apple's money the budget is huge they use Mm -hmm. what they need to make sure they get the best actors the best cinematography the best set pieces like luke said anytime you're in the business scenario where adam scott is severed it's creepy as hell it's a sci-fi show but it's also a major mystery show smart writing great acting when i watched it it felt like prestige tv it really did apple tv to me at the time was very, very new. I still to this day haven't watched Ted Lasso, which is is bad on me. But this is probably the first Apple TV show that I watched. And when I watched it, I felt like, okay, Prestige TV, I'm watching HBO. It's a great show. You guys should check it out. 
Brian, you should definitely check it out. It is well on my radar. And to expand on that thought, yeah, I feel like if Netflix is the showrunner that... What am I trying to say here? I feel like the second you watch a Netflix production, you can tell it's a Netflix production in the negative sense. Apple must have seen that and went completely on the opposite side of the road because everything they're putting out just looks beautiful. It's of the best quality. Um yeah, applause to Apple. It does seem like Apple at first, and, and like I said, they are starting to get better with their advertising, but at first they were using the quality of the show to be their own marketing. Mm. And you could tell when you watch Severance, this show blew up for absolutely no reason except for the fact that it's great. If you guys haven't checked it out, please do yourself a favor and check it out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, that'll take us back to me. Um, If you've been following us along with the podcast, you know I am the Star Wars guy out of the seven of us. So my second recommendation is going to be the show Ondor, which I feel like people got turned off just because of the titular character. If you've seen Rogue One, which is pretty unanimously agreed upon to be the best Star Wars piece of content that Disney has put out since they acquired the franchise and i am in that same boat if you've seen that you know the character kasi and andor and if you've seen that you probably raise your eyebrows and are like why does this guy need his own show i was also in that boat i didn't really care to learn more about the character i thought you know they tied a nice bow around it in the movie but this is a prequel to the events that happened in rogue one which itself were the events leading up to a new hope essentially which kick-started the franchise so this show Andor takes place, I believe, five years before Rogue One and A New Hope. So at this point in time, Luke is hasn't discovered he's a Jedi, et cetera, et cetera. The Rebel Alliance, as kind of weak as it was in Rogue One and A New Hope, it is five years before all that stuff. So they are just starting out. The Empire has a stranglehold on the entire galaxy, and they are ruthless. They are large and in charge. Like, they are just... I guess you would say omnipotent. They're they're just present everywhere. You can see like every single planet in the galaxy is under empire rule. People are scared. It's just hostile to live. And we're following this character, Andor, who really is he's kind of the Han Solo type. You know, he's a uh, he's just scrapping to get by, I guess. You know, he's capable. He's a thief, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it kind of just follows the events that lead to him brushing elbows with people in the Rebel Alliance. And I don't want to give too much away, but it it is just fantastic. I mean, this character, it's the actor's name is Diego Luna. He plays Cassian Andor. It was just gripping. I mean, he does a great job bringing this character to life. Uh, it is by the same person who wrote the screenplay for Rogue One. So it is of that quality, which is phenomenal. And it is probably the most serious subject matter that Star Wars has taken up. I mean, it really shows 
why people were as scared of the Empire as they were. It goes behind the scenes and shows them being ruthless. It actually kind of shows a couple of the scenes through the lens of the Empire, uh, what that training is like, how it brings up their officers and kind of grooms their officers to be ruthless people. Shows us inside an Empire prison, which is not a place that you want to be. Um, It's also got some elements of a heist shtick, too, which was really exciting to get behind but yeah kind of my biggest takeaway if you are a star wars fan i would assume that you've already seen this series though if you are not a star wars fan i would highly suggest this as a jumping on point if you watch this into rogue one then probably into a new hope i think this is luke i feel like you have told me multiple times like the old old movies the original trilogy just don't really hold up because they were made in the 70s the special effects aren't there the acting is kind of cheesy but rogue one does not have that at all Andor kind of has that same vibe to it it's just elevated in terms of quality if you will the special effects look great the production just looks great so i feel like if you are someone who's hesitant to get into the series because you don't want to watch something from the 70s this is a precursor to all those events so you could watch this show into rogue one which are both just phenomenal pieces of content and then you can roll right into the series uh Andor, i was even surprised to see it is actually currently nominated for best drama series in the emmys coming up so the reviewers agree it got a 96 percent on rotten tomato 8.4 on imdb it was a unique entry into the star wars series i would say i wasn't expecting to like it as much as i did but as you can tell i did like it as much as i did it, it was just phenomenal uh luke you have not seen it yet and I know you just went back and crushed all the movies not too long ago. So I would say I would agree with you that I think Rogue One is the best piece of content that Star Wars ever made. And I know it's a hot take because I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. But the, anybody I see talk about this show pretty much reiterated everything you were saying. I have this one guy that pops up on my Twitter, TikTok, whatever, and his favorite piece of modern day Star Wars besides the OG trilogy is Andor. So mm-hmm. Everything you're saying is pretty much getting reinforced by what I already believed about the show. And if I was to watch a new episode of Star Wars, it would be this, definitely. And like I said, Rogue One was my favorite movie in the Star Wars um, franchise by far. And I, I loved this character as well. Wasn't as good as, uh, you know, my my blind the Force monk, whatever. He was fucking yeah. awesome. But he, he deserves a spinoff as well. But yeah, Andor is definitely on my list of how I would get back into the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, I will say, Brian, that I haven't watched it either. I have seen Rogue One and I love it. But just as an example of someone who is a super, super, super casual Star Wars fan, friend of the pod, Tyler, I don't even know if he's watched most of the Star Wars stuff, but he saw Andor Mm -hmm. and he freaking loved it as a standalone. Yeah. So you can watch it by itself and just enjoy it. It's Apparently, it's that great of a show. I think I'm going to be jumping on that as well. Yeah, kind of my last point would be a lot of the Star Wars content that's out there really leans heavily on the Skywalker of it all and leans on the Jedi stuff and all that. This kind of doesn't lean on that at all. It's it's all yeah, it's world building. It's there's a lot of political intrigue and it's all dealing with humans. Nobody's got any crazy powers. It's just thieves, blasters. um, And yeah, like I said, political intrigue, it's. It's very interesting. It's unique to the franchise. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Love it. Um, all right. I'm going to go next here. Yeah. My second recommendation, this is going to be another Netflix original, and it's called Love, Death, and Robots. 
This is an R-rated um, animated anthology series. And I'm going to say Black Mirror for the 400th time on this podcast, but this <laughs> is literally the closest thing to Black yeah. Mirror that exists in the animated form ever. That comes with pros and cons and the cons being like, so right now there's three seasons out. The third season just came out recently and the season breakouts a little weird. The first season that debuted years ago was 18 episodes. Then the second season came out with eight episodes. And then this third season that released this year came out with nine episodes. Season two was received horribly. But season one and season three were received incredibly well. So this just kind of comes with the area of anthology where every episode is so unconnected that some people are going to love and connect to certain episodes. Some people are going to hate those episodes. Every single thing is going to be different. And we deal with a range of topics here going from aliens to AI to monsters to human introspection to post-apocalyptic. There's something for everybody so don't judge it just by one episode and added bonus of this is it's not like black mirror where each episode's 40 minutes we're talking like some are seven minutes some are 15 minutes some are 20 minutes you can jump in just based on the premise that netflix gives you and enjoy one hate another and then you know like you can jump all over the place just see what's there for you because it has something for everybody and to add a little bit of credibility to this for um at least our own podcast community Paul, so so we recently did a Netflix draft of Netflix original shows and other podcaster of Bingetown TV, Paul, he took this show in the first round. Like he was that passionate about he it. He did. So there is some banger of episodes in this in this show that I keep me up at night, right? You'll you'll watch it, you'll dream about it, you'll think about it. It's like Black Mirror. It's mind fucks. A lot of it is just also showcasing the different animation styles because not only are they separate episodes, each animation style is completely different. Some will look like just 2D animation. Some will be like 3D CGI. Like it, it goes across the board and it really lets the creators of each of the episode flex whatever, you know, creative narrative they want to get across. So there's something for everybody. It's hard to sell just like a, a broad stroke reasoning to watch this because everything is so different in it. But the, I can promise you, you start watching, you click around, you read a couple of descriptions, you'll find some for you and you'll be surprised by how good this show is. Because um, again, like some of my favorite pieces of content Netflix ever made are these some of these 15 minute, just one off episodes of Love, Death and Robots that I'll never get con continuity for, but I can still think about it to this day years later. And yeah, it was it was received pretty well. 85% critics for Rotten Tomatoes and 80% audience. And I think a lot of that is because it was weighed down by season two, which had maybe one or two watchable episodes that were good with the, the rest being bad. But season one amazing and season three i thought it brought it back to the peak of how good i thought season one was um don't really have anything else to say there but just again something for everybody give it a try it's not really investing a lot because some are so short but yeah everybody i've seen that talk that has seen enough episodes agrees that there's some gems in there love to hear it paul really did surprise me making that his first pick in the draft but again that's just a testament to how much he enjoyed this show and it's another one of those shows that has gone under the radar for a lot of people. And a lot of people who did watch the show, you, Luke, and Paul, said, I don't know what's going to happen with season three because season two was so bad. And it got back. Apparently, I haven't watched mm -hmm. it yet. But it, as you said, Luke, it's back to the prime time. And I'm going to check it out. I definitely want to check it out. There's a lot of Black Mirror that I need to watch, too. Have you seen any, Brian? I did. I think I watched... Definitely all of the first season and then half of the second season. Topher Grace is in one episode randomly, mm -hmm. isn't he? Michael um, B. Anthony Mackie in one, Anthony yeah. Mackie. Yeah, there's a lot of good yeah. actors that they get to play some of the characters, either the voices or they animate. Like there's one episode that is Michael B. Jordan CGI does an animation, which yeah. is pretty cool. 
Yeah. That's pretty sweet. If nothing else, I would just say the animation is beautiful and getting like a completely different animation style from episode to episode. It, it's just very aesthetically pleasing. I mm-hmm. think the animators go all out. All right. So we decided that we're going to cut this episode into two parts because we want the episodes to be easily digestible for all of you guys. We will be dropping episode two almost immediately. So no worries. You'll be able to listen right away. In episode two, we'll give our final four sci-fi recommendations. And spoiler alert, there are some of my favorite recommendations out of the nine in this second part. If you guys like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our recommendation videos. And if you're listening on the What Should I Watch next feed and haven't checked out our Town TV feed, please check that out. Like I said in the intro, we have covered over 100 different TV shows with 400 plus episodes. So we're sure we've covered something you'll like. All you have to do is go to BingetownTV.com or type BingetownTV into any of your favorite podcast apps. And please check out our Discord and start sending those recommendations our way. We can't wait to hear them and play them on the pod. The link is in the description. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, And thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.